Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fortitude Podcast. I am Deshana, your host, and welcome back to another episode, y'all. So, it has been a week, okay? It has been an entire week, and I am tired, but I am so excited to bring to you this podcast. This is something that I've been thinking about for a while. I have been considering what I wanted to be my first full-length episode of my podcast, and you know, I just had to go with this topic. So as y'all can tell by the title, this is 12 things that I am afraid to tell you. I wanted to start this podcasting journey by being as open, as raw, as real, and as vulnerable as I can. One, because it's a healing thing for me, but two, also I want to make sure that those are the things that I'm putting out in the world, things that are real and raw and vulnerable and that cause us to think and stretch and grow and learn from each other. I came across this idea from someone named Stacy Flowers. She had a podcast episode some years ago and it was called 11 Things I'm Afraid to Tell You and that's how she began her podcasting journey. And turns out that she got the inspiration from someone named Jenna Kutcher who started with a blog I believe and now has a podcast as well with 10 Things I'm Afraid to Tell You. So I wanted to do this and kind of take this as my challenge for myself to really just be open and vulnerable and start us off on the right foot. So I'm going to be telling you 12 things that I'm actually afraid to tell you. And I'll be talking about why that is. Some of these things I have never really spoken about out loud. Not in a YouTube video, not with friends, not with some family. So eight or nine months ago, I went to this event that was online and it was through my job. And it was really just about diversity, inclusion, equity, access, all the good things. And one of the activities that we did in a breakout room was kind of ask each other this question. So we were given I think 30 seconds or a minute. I can't remember. Either way, it felt like a super long time. Uh, It might have been two minutes. But the question was, who are you? And when it was your turn, your partner had to ask you over and over and over the same question. Who are you? Who are you? And you would answer, my name's Deshauna. Who are you? I'm a mother. Who are you? I'm a wife. Who are you? And It went on like that for the entire, like, duration of your experience. And that person, your partner, wasn't able to interrupt you. And what I found during that exercise is something that I think I know and maybe you know as well. We we often just talk about ourselves and put our best foot forward and share the things that we're comfortable sharing, the things that come easy to us, the things that... It's kind of like our script, right? We're just like, hey, this is me and this is what I'm about. But when you peel the onion layers back a little bit, you you get a little bit deeper. So that's my attempt today. The first thing I will tell you that I'm afraid to tell you is that I like to talk. I feel like you may know this already. 
I also feel like a lot of people don't know this about me because there are times when I am around others where I am quiet. I am an observer. I'm a listener. I really just want to be in the experience with you and I don't talk a whole lot and I know when I was younger it could have been misconstrued or taken as attitude or just other whatever it is that you thought about me by me not being super outgoing and talkative but I do enjoy talking so that has that's something about me that's never changed it's just my comfortability level And if I feel like I can trust whoever is in the space with me not to harm me or use my words against me, I'm learning as I am growing that I process a lot uh, and a lot better through talking. I am able to hear things out loud sometimes for the first time, kind of get out of my own head and my thoughts and just really put words to feelings that are either new or uh, I'm, I've decided to express. So yeah, I like to talk. The next thing that I am afraid to tell you is that there are times when I am not okay. There are times when I do not enjoy what I'm dealing with in the current moment as it stands in my life. If you are new to me, to my experience, to my presence online, uh, I do have a YouTube channel and I really started my channel just by documenting my first pregnancy and what it was like being pregnant for the first time and also being pregnant as a person who has sickle cell. And uh, there are times where I just don't, I'm just not feeling it. And I have a little one. I have a two-year-old toddler. I also have a six-month-old baby. I am married. We moved this year to our first home that we purchased together. I lost my mom last year on December 1st, 2021. So this is my first kind of go at being a mother without a mother, if that makes sense. And so there's a lot happening. I return back to work. I am in a new role at work. I'm learning a ton of new skills. And sometimes it just gets to be a lot when you add kind of all of that mixed in with the day to day of, you know, laundry and groceries and cooking and cleaning and all of the things. There are just some days where it just gets to be too much. I'm afraid to tell you this or tell people this because I feel that some people can see my life or see me as potentially being ungrateful. There are things in my life right now that I prayed for and I am so happy and excited to be experiencing these things. I think that people might look and say, well, you know, you got a house and you got two beautiful girls and you got a fine husband and you got a this and a that and y'all are doing well and that all may very well be true however comma that doesn't mean that I am not allowed to feel the way that I feel at times and there are times I'm just not okay sometimes I can put words to it sometimes I can't sometimes I'm really just getting up and living for everyone else it feels you know taking care of the kids letting the dog out cooking something, warming something up, 
you know, being a wife and it's just for everyone else. And there are just times where I'm just not okay. I want to take this moment to remind you to check on your strong friends. I feel like we hear it and we're like, yes, this is important, but I want you to check on your strong friends, even the friends that actually reach out to you and check on you, right? Hey, how you doing? You just crossed my mind today. I want you to know that I'm thinking about you. I hope that you're well. Please know that I'm always here. Because the truth is, like, we're all battling and going through things that others don't know anything about. And we can forget all this social media and Instagram, TikTok. Like, it's all curated and we're showing you the things that we want you to see. But I encourage you to check on your strong friends. Even those friends that check on you. Check on them right back. The third thing that I'm afraid to tell you is that my personal hygiene can be questionable. I'm afraid to tell you this because I don't want to sound like I'm just like dirty and stinking out here. But there are times when I might forget to brush my teeth in a day. There are times when I didn't take a shower in a day. Or I left my hair in a bun for days on end and hadn't combed it out in quite a while. (laughs) There are times when I might keep the same shirt on a little bit longer than you might. And a lot of it has to do with all the things I just mentioned that I have going on in life. And just really being very, very tired and just getting through the day. I am working on prioritizing myself and doing things for me, taking a hot shower, a hot bath, although I wouldn't necessarily consider that self-care. I think that's hygiene. However, make it nice, make it fun, carve out those moments and enjoy some wine with a coloring book or something of the sort. Um, But yeah. I'm working on it, y'all. I'm working on it. All right, the fourth thing that I am afraid to tell you is that I am afraid that people won't stay. I have dealt with a lot of death in my life before and currently, and I just feel that people who come into my life won't stay. It has been true in the sense that people have come and then they've passed away. And it has also been true as it relates to, like, past friendships and past relationships where, you know, I thought we were cool, I thought we were on the same page, but turns out I was just an experience, or I was just a secret, or we weren't as close as I thought we were. So I'm afraid that people will come and just won't stay in my life, and that is terrifying. And scary. And I'm working through that. Alright, so the next thing that I'm afraid to tell you is I don't know how to do my hair. (laughs) I know this sounds hilarious and weird, but just hear me out. I was a person who had my mom do my hair. You know, a lot of little black girls. Like, oh, mommy's gonna do your hair. Okay, cool. So I had the knockers. I had the barrettes. I had, I was looking cute. Alright, then I wanted my hair to be straight. So I ended up getting 
a perm at a really young age. I begged and begged and begged and pleaded and I ended up getting a perm at like, I don't know, 11 or 12. And I didn't keep up with it and some of my hair broke off. I still have a lot of length. It's a lot healthier now. That was a lot of years ago. But in terms of like these twist outs and these like wash and goes and these bantu knots and all these like cute natural hair looks that look sophisticated that are like cute with the gel and the baby hairs like I don't know how to do my hair and an addition to this would be I'm nervous about what that is going to look like or how that's going to manifest with me being the mom of two beautiful black girls that's two heads of hair that I'm going to have to learn how to do how to style what products work for each of them, and, you know, what looks best for them. My goal is to keep it healthy, keep it moisturized, and to not mess their hair up uh, and teach them how to do their hair so that when they are old enough, they have some hair to do, okay? Uh, Edges intact, okay? Hair is in a healthy state. That is my goal. I will say... That there have even been times where I have like pictures of my girls, but I won't post them or I won't like send them because I feel like my girl's hair doesn't look the best in the picture and I feel like I'll be judged. And so I'll be honest, as a black woman, right, our hair is, there's so much and so much history and so much richness when it comes to our hair, but there's also just a lot of judgment and a lot of stigma about hair texture and, and, and all of these things. And even as a mother of two, there's, you know, the generations that came before me, you know, grandparents and great grandparents and always, you know, questioning and having ideas of what they think is best for little black girl hair. And, um, it's just a lot. I'm working through it and I'm learning. Another thing that I am afraid to tell you is that I enjoy cooking and baking. I'm learning that it's something I love, not just a necessity of, oh, I have to do this. It might be because I have a family of my own and it's really awesome to cook and feed my family and make things from scratch that were just a pile of ingredients that made something amazing that my kids or that my husband likes. I also think that it's my love for cooking and baking has always been there. But there were always folks who did it better than me and I would like want their food more. Now that my mom has passed away, I am recreating and making a lot of her recipes for me and for my husband and for my family. And it just makes me feel so, so good to know that I can do it and that the taste is there and the skill is there. And I grew up watching her and helping her and it's just taken on kind of a new new luster for me uh, moving forward as a way to often connect too with the memory of my mom. And I love that. I love that. So I, you know, made Thanksgiving. I made all the sides, macaroni and cheese. I made greens. I made, uh, what did I make? Oh my goodness. Sweet potatoes. I made the ham and the glaze. Like it was amazing. So for Christmas, I'm going to be making my mom's gumbo recipe and I'm going to be making her peach cobbler as well. So I'm really excited about that. Also, as it gets cold outside, I am interested in bread making. I know that sounds super like what? Like, I don't know if I'm going to go the whole sourdough route with the sourdough starter and all of that, but I do have a simple no need bread recipe that I want to try. So I'm excited. I'm excited. 
Another thing that I am afraid to tell you is that I deal with a lot of negative self-talk. It, it's been this way for years. I am very hard on myself. I am harder on me than anyone has ever been. I am working to undo some of those kind of negative thoughts that come into my head and, and, and the work that it takes to um, shut them up, if I could, you know what I mean? Like, to combat that with positivity. And uh, I owe it to myself, I owe it to the folks around me to be the best me that I can be. And having negative ideas and talking negatively about my own self is not a positive thing. So I am working to undo a lot of that, but it is something that I deal with and have struggled with for a while. Something else that I'm afraid to tell you is that I fear that I won't be around for my kids. I don't know if this is a fear that like all parents have. I'm not sure if it's like something that you have as the person who carried and protected your child and then you birth them into this world that is like a little crazy at times. I don't know what that's about, but I don't, I just have this fear that I won't be here for them. And maybe it's again, due to all of the loss that I've experienced. It could very well be due to, you know, the recent loss and how I'm mothering without my mothers. And I, you know, and I didn't mention this before, but yes, my, my mom died last year. Um, and technically she was my aunt. She was the one who took over and raised me from the time I was 18 months old until here recently, right? Like just being my mom, but she wasn't the one who gave birth to me. The woman who gave birth to me died when I was 18 months old. And so I just feel a little out of sorts and afraid that something might happen to me to take me away from my girls and um I remember when my oldest turned 18 months I like freaked out inside because I was like oh my gosh I was 18 months when my mom died and then I think there was something similar where like her mom died when she was around like 18 months two years old something like that and so I had always had this fear of oh my gosh you know, if I have a kid and what they turn 18 months, like what's going to happen to me? So yeah, that's just uh, rational or irrational, but that is a fear that I have. Another thing that I'm afraid to tell people is that I have a disease. I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I have sickle cell disease. If you do not know what that is, it is an inherited blood disorder. It's the most common inherited blood disorder in the U.S. And essentially red blood cells are like the shape of donuts, right? Uh, that carry oxygen throughout our body. Mine in particular, uh, some of them look like bananas and so they're a bit deflated and they don't carry as much oxygen. They break down a lot quicker and uh, yeah, it's just a huge thing and it's common uh, in some folks, but some folks just don't talk about it. It's not a black disease. I actually know a lot of people who have sickle cell who are not black, but uh, yeah, I deal with that. And I'm afraid to kind of tell people that or lead with that because I don't want them to miss uh, the, <laughs> the the part about it being inherited. Like, I don't want someone to think like I'm going to pass it to them just by talking to them or shaking their hand or same thing kind of around like AIDS and HIV. People really need to understand how those things are transmitted and it is inherited. So there's nothing that I did. Uh, you know, it was 
basically my mom and my dad each were carriers and so then therefore I was born with a disease and at that time they were not testing it as a part of the newborn screening that they do. They do now but when I was born that wasn't standard and they didn't know that I had it until I got really sick from it. I went to high altitude and got sick so I'm often afraid to tell people that however I want to start telling people that and leading with that because I think one it raises awareness and two it also helps to educate uh and and offer community to those who have sickle cell or those who might have children who have sickle cell who want to know that someone can live as long as I have that someone can have children the way that I have that someone can be pregnant and and have healthy kids the way that I have and so um, I use that as my testimony. Another thing that I am afraid to tell people is that I want to be married and stay married. So I am married. We know this. But I want to stay married. And the reason why I'm afraid to tell people this, not because I'm I'm embarrassed by it or I think something's wrong with that. I think it's great. But I think it does also imply that um, when I share my story and say that like, we don't come from this. We are learning this as we go. We don't have like examples of this, that it kind of continues this narrative of like, you know, oh, you came from a single parent household. You're black. You know, oh my gosh, your dad must not have been around. Like all these kinds of things. It's me and my husband working to do something that we've never seen in creating a super, super long lasting marriage. And so it's daunting at times. And marriage is a lot. <laughs> I think it's more than what I even can speak about now. Uh, but it's more than I think we think it is when we're younger as well. But yeah, we're working on it. Maybe one day I'll have him come join the podcast and we can talk a little bit more about that. The next thing that I'm afraid to tell people is that I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid to say that I'm Christian. I think that there is a little bit of a bad rep like a bad rep that comes along with saying that because there have been so much hate being spewed in the name of Christianity and that's not what I'm about. I think it's also confusing for people to know that I'm a preacher's kid and a preacher's grandkid and I am a Christian and I attend church almost every Sunday and I also teach sex ed. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I will do a whole podcast about the importance of talking about relationships and uh, inclusive, comprehensive sexual health and puberty education in the church and also helping parents who are in the church have that understanding uh, and basis of knowledge to talk to their, their children about it as well. Obviously steeped in their values and what that means for them as parents in their household, but coming with some facts uh, that can help spearhead those conversations with their young ones. So. The last thing that I will share with you that I am afraid to tell people is that I considered IVF. My husband and I considered in vitro fertilization when we were um, thinking about and talking about expanding our family and starting our family. Not because we had tried and been unsuccessful with pregnancy, but because we know that I had sickle cell disease right and what that means for children that I am the parent of um something that I have never spoken about I don't think oh my gosh I'm so nervous um is something called muscular dystrophy I was told my whole life that I was a carrier of muscular dystrophy um this is what my brother died from 
he died on my 13th birthday and he had muscular dystrophy and it required him to be in a wheelchair for the great majority of his life. I believe he was walking up until like 10, 11 or so and then he was in a wheelchair from that point on for the rest of his life. And being told that you're a carrier of muscular dystrophy, it doesn't affect females in the same way. It's actually extremely rare, especially the type of muscular dystrophy that ran in my family. However, I could potentially pass that on to my children, especially if I were to have sons. And it was scary. It was scary for me to know that. It was scary for my husband to imagine. And I took it upon myself to do a ton of preconception testing and work. And I had my daughter, I want to say at 30, 32, 32. And it wasn't until I was about 31, right before I found out I was pregnant, that I was not a carrier of muscular dystrophy. I had been told I was for the vast majority of my life, over 30 years. And it's not true. I cannot stress how important it is to talk about health, mental health, physical health, genetic health, sexual health with your children and with your family and with your doctors and ask questions. It is so life-changing to move and make decisions from a place of knowledge as opposed to a place of fear or unknowing. I am so blessed to have had the access to the care that I have had, especially during uh, my pregnancies and throughout the birth experience. And uh, I do plan to share my birth stories. They're both very different with you, but I can't stress enough how important it is to know. There's nothing like knowing for yourself, right? But yeah, my husband and I considered and thought about IVF and what that would look like because I was operating from a place of what I thought was truth and wanting to make the best decision for us and our family at the time. And I just decided to do all these tests and get all the answers. And the answers led me to making the decision to not go down that route. But it also led me to learn so much and to meet so many people online and in person and to know how blessed we are to have conceived our girls in the in, in the way that we did uh, without any kind of medical help or an intervention um, and how many women and men deal with infertility issues and how many people have gone through so much loss infant loss stillbirth and miscarriage and it just made me that much more of a compassionate, empathetic birth worker and someone who is trained as a doula. I, I love supporting women during pregnancy and birth, but um, oh, knowledge, man, knowledge. Um, I hear my little ones making some noise. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast, but those are the 12 things that I am afraid to tell you. If I want to reach the community and build the tribe and continue to do things that scare me, I am going to need that level of vulnerability. So I thank you so, so much for allowing me the space for listening. And I will see you right back here next week for another episode 
of the Fortitude Podcast. Take care and remember to always fill your cup. Bye.